concept of medical home has evolved since its introduction by the American Academy of Pediatrics in 1967. It has gone from a specific place to receive care for children with chronic disease to an entire system of providing care for all Americans. Let's see if we can learn how to convert our own practice to a medical home. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. Javier Sevilla, Chief of Pediatrics at Whole Child Pediatrics and an American Academy Pediatrics representative to the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Dr. Sevilla, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Larry. Can you start by telling our audience what really the key concepts are that define a practice as a medical home? The key attributes to a medical home are a practice that has superb access to care that offers a continuous relationship between the doctor and the family, a practice that coordinates care both during the visit, after the visit, and before the visit, a practice that has family or patient-centered care and a practice that really covers all comprehensive parts of health, so acute health, chronic illness, preventative health, and that covers really all the global areas of healthcare. And Dr. Sevilla, would you mind sharing your personal journey that really inspired you to kind of rethink what you're doing and, and transition over to a medical home? Well, I was working in an office that had five pediatricians and one nurse practitioner, a very busy office, pretty much structured like any other pediatric office was. And at the same time, I got involved with the American Academy of Pediatrics in terms of their medical home efforts. As soon as I looked at the attributes of the medical home and how this would be integrated into one package as the medical home, I was very much attracted to that idea. And I really realized that that's the way that I wanted to practice in the future. So in November of 2007, I decided to go ahead and open a practice that would start from day zero with those components and elements that make a medical home. And that's been the journey that I've had since then. Did you leave your existing practice or did you take what you had and adapt it? I started a completely new practice in a different part of town. I did have a few of my patients from my other practice follow me, but we really started with a blank slate where we could really design what we wanted, everything even from the design of the building to the staffing was really already looking at what we wanted to do in terms of the medical home. You must have had some deep pockets behind you or some seed money to allow you to do that. Well, I don't know about... Or you're independently wealthy. I don't know about the deep pockets. I actually did this kind of in a partnership with a community health center that I was working at before, and I provided the office. I designed the office. I gave the practice the philosophy, and they provide me with the billing, the uh, human resources, and it's worked out very well for us to adapt. And that way, I really didn't have to be a millionaire or have a very rich uncle. Did you have to get new staff? Because I could see how old staff were just kind of brainwashed to the old style and and resistant to change? You know, Larry, that's a really interesting question. And my original idea was to start from zero. New staff 
a new building and a new philosophy because of the same reason that you just mentioned. Now, for unforeseen circumstances, this did not happen. I had to actually work with staff that I had in the other office, and I wondered if this was going to work, if the new system was going to be able to be transferred to this building if I had the same type of staff. Now, one of the things about the medical home that I've discovered, and this is, I think, with any practice, it doesn't have to be a medical home, is that really the relationships inside the practice, the quality of those relationships inside the practice are actually more important than the quality of the people working in the practice. And this has been corroborated by the project Transformed from the American Academy of Family Physicians, and they have actually found the quality of the staff is not as important as the relationship and the internal web of relationships inside the practice. So in terms of our practice, we've been able to work this together, and our medical home has worked even though the, the staff that I have was actually used to a different system. But we've been able to accommodate it by having a good collaborative culture inside the office. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable, and I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking to Dr. Javier Sevilla, Chief of Pediatrics at Whole Child Pediatrics in Lakewood Ranch, Florida, and we're talking about how to convert a traditional medical practice into a medical home. Dr. Sevilla, you were talking about the relationships of the employees, and I really think that any small practice, the tone that the leader sets is really followed throughout the whole staff. And you can walk into different offices in the same medical building, and you can immediately feel that tone that is set. I couldn't agree more, Larry. And this was something that I want to stress to people listening to this program, that a lot of people are thinking, well, the medical home is very high-tech, this new high-tech stuff, and that's not really the case. The high-tech stuff may be able to support you, you know, and when I'm talking about high-tech, I'm talking about the electronic medical record, the uh, electronic registry. They may be able to support what you do, but really this is still high-touch medicine as opposed to high-tech medicine. And things like the relationships inside the practice the other part that I would say is probably one of the most critical parts of the uh, medical home is patient-centeredness. And that is something that really is a transformation for us physicians to go from a really physician-centered type of care to a patient-centered care. So I really feel that most of these things need to occur before people actually even think about going into a medical home and only then, once you have these issues that we talked about, is when you will be very successful putting one together. It also sounds to me that you really need to have the right personality to be actually a loving physician to even be successful at having this type of home. It really requires your personality to make it work. I totally agree, Larry. And, and I talk to lots of primary care physicians, very hardworking people who are at the moment very dissatisfied with their job and with their profession. And part of that, I believe, is that we've taken the relationship part out of medicine and we've made it into, you know, a conveyor belt right. of, of business. commodity-based business. It is. And once you put back the relationship, you know, there is just no way I would go back to the old way of practice. I mean, there is just no way. It is just so much more satisfying as a doctor to 
to have that relationship again with your patients. You know, and the patients like it too. They really miss that from the current medical system. So I think really it's a win-win for patients and doctors. Javier, I, I live in a pretty affluent suburb, and many of the physicians have gone concierge in my area. And it sounds like you have a similar concept that you are really providing excellent care. You're not charging more, but you're providing more care. So do you actually take a hit in income for the trade-off in quality of your practice and your life? The current payment system doesn't support this. You're absolutely right. The current system supports more volume, more intensity, if you want to make more money. I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't necessarily think that by being a medical home, you necessarily have to drop your volume. But with the current level of reimbursement of just purely episodic visits being reimbursed, I think it's going to be hard to expect your income to go up with this model. Now, when the payment environment changes, and I say when instead of if, because I think it is going to change, I think it is going to be more supportive of this, then I think it is a very good chance for us primary care doctors to actually see an increase in our income when we practice this way. Javier, you mentioned that all of the leading primary care physician organizations have kind of gotten together to create a a joint principle of patient-centered medical homes. And so it seems now that they really need to start lobbying the insurance companies to convince them that this is a viable concept and makes sense for them. Absolutely right. And I think the key here are key allies, two key allies for us as the professional organizations. And one is the employers. As I mentioned before, the employers are behind this because I'm going to use a quote. They don't want to pay for the junk that they're getting right now. And this is a quote from someone from ERISA, from the ERISA group. So they they have realized that their double-digit increases every year on health premiums are not buying quality health care. And they really want this to change. And so I think they are really a big driver behind this. And I think they are the only ones that really have the power to make the insurance companies change. The other big ally is our patients. I think consumer organizations, patient organizations have been clamoring for the medical home, for a more patient-centered or family-centered way to practice medicine. And I think if we get them on our side, we're going to be a very good agent for change that I think in the end is going to benefit us as primary care doctors. Javier, if someone out there is listening in uh, terrestrial or extraterrestrial radio, how can they go about doing this conversion? Did you use a template, a checklist? Did you have a consultant help you? Uh, As a friend of mine from Louisiana says, lots of ways to make gumbo. So there's not one way to become a medical home. There's lots of different practices out there that have different components of the medical home. Now, There is a recognition program right now that is being offered by NCQA where you can actually be recognized as a patient-centered medical home. And this is an instrument where you basically have to self-audit your practice and see if some of these elements are out there. And NCQA will, again, check, and if that's the case, they will give you that recognition. Now, this is probably what most insurance companies are going to use to see who really is a medical home or not. 
But there's also definitely a lot of information on the medical home from the professional societies. So from the Academy of Pediatrics, we have a website called medicalhomeimprovement.org. The AAFP and the ACP have their own help pages in their website that can give their members information about how to go about becoming a medical home. Well, Dr. Javier Sevilla, thank you so much for talking with me today, and I wish you the best on making your medical home model a reality. Thank you so much, Larry. It was very nice talking to you. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit our website at reachmd.com, and thanks for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals.